0: i do have to address the audience a little bit ladies and gentlemen we have an incredible guest with us today i have the wonderful zach adler who last time we tried to do this you were a regular civilian um i made you wait outside for 15 minutes you just because you were just a regular guy but you're a celebrated guest now. Yeah, you haven't spoken to me since. Yeah, you yeah. waited until I got famous. So is that happening now? Are you getting these texts like, hey, Zach, what's going Remember on? Remember me? Are
1: you, are you getting those at all? Yeah, I've had several women come forward and say that I fathered their children.
0: Right, right, right. I was thinking, man, I didn't even go, I didn't <laughs> even go that route at all. I've had several men say, <laughs> the, same same thing say the same thing.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm not having any of that.
0: It's a big, it's really a big honor to to have you here. This is, a, as you know, a brand new venture for me. Mm-hmm. And my plan is to, to see that I'm actually serious about doing these episodes. The plan is actually to shoot three before any of them come out. Smart. Yeah. So stockpile. Yeah. Stockpile, which is, I know, something that you do also. Um, yeah. If I'm at liberty to ask about that, stockpiling. You are. Yeah. By yeah. the way,
1: some of your viewers might not know. Yeah, no, who, we'll get in who I'm I and we'll, what I do. We'll yeah. get
0: into the real intros. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this is like the intro to the to the intro. Yeah. But stockpiling
1: is smart. I love that. I love yeah. having like rounds in the chamber. Right. Like, you right. don't even know what's coming. Right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Adler is an
0: incredible podcaster, co-host of a podcast called Mislabeled, which I have been a guest on. Uh, one and a half times. <laughs> 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 and as you know, I myself always dabble in the, in the thought about podcasting. Yep. I, I The expression I use is I, I, I sit on my hands and don't allow myself to, to launch this type of thing. But I think we spoke to each other recently and we decided that there is a like low-key kind of way to just do this consistently. Mm-hmm. To talk to people that you want to talk to yeah. as opposed to that's you know clout chasing or exactly. trying to get celebrated guests
1: when you don't need the fame and you don't need it to make money you right. just want to do it because it's something that you know interests you sure it opens up a lot of things i i've told people this one of my favorite things to say about since i started the podcasting journey was um there's a lot of reasons to start a podcast and if it's successful you can get money and you can get some sort of fame or whatever well, sure whatever this is if not a fame and money thing we have those the things best already. reason to do right. a podcast is because how often do you have a long-form conversation with someone nowadays yeah first dates that's it and those are usually not even that good like a podcast is a way to have a first date with, someone, I do with anyone mi- in the world i do miss that by the way
0: yeah i do miss those first dates as a as a married person i i miss having those intense face-to-face, really trying to figure each other
1: out conversations. I would say a podcast is even... I would say if you treated a first date like a podcast, it, it could potentially even be too much. You know, like if you're really... It depends, it depends, you know, if the vibe on first date... I go on a lot of first dates. Right. I think not always And, and for, secu-
0: for security reasons, you do film them. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. material is material. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I was thinking more like, you know, if there's any... Complaints here's the date she walks
1: in at minute three we uh got coffee what
0: do you do what do you what do you do on like first dates like what is that i have a yeah. I,
1: I i do the same thing every single time i right. try to keep it simple um that's not every single time but my go-to is i take them to a bar and i happen to live in a community like around where there's a lot of jewish women so i usually don't even need to take the train i can walk to a bar um yeah just somewhere not I'm, i hate noisy bars sure I hate any bar where you can't a bar you should be able to hear the person talk so i try to go to like a chill bar no frills talk to them have i had other i've had creative first dates. like i've taken girls to shows at parks and it, you uh, you gotta be careful about that. If you remember, like, have you ever taken a girl on a date?
0: I've never been on a date. I just got married. Like, there was no you, you there was <laughs> no dating. <laughs> it was. Uh, you th- saw me, me. And I like, saw me, me, me? <laughs> and I was like, listen, dating is rough, but marriage. Um, my my dating life was was not very long,
1: to be honest like i did, did a few girls I, right? I
0: like shidduch dated a couple of girls i like
1: hung out with a couple of girls what does that mean for our legions of non-jewish fans
0: but dating for those who don't know i don't no one knows exactly what it is
1: but uh yeah i'd like to hear like a, yeah. a working definition of yeah. what a shidduch have you ever been on a shidduch date i have been on about four shidduch dates right um yeah the first three girls I went out with were should right, I right. yeah. and how long
0: was the was the longest
1: shit two, up, dates. two dates, right? Two I dates. think that's two is like one, you know. And then then the, I literally my jump was from like three girls, four shit dates, to the next girl I dated, I met on Shabbat.com. <laughs> right. And then and then again on J Swipe. Like right. I just met immediately to just right. like the apps. Right. Um, never looked back really.
0: Shiddok dating is really just Jewish dating for marriage. It's just dating for marriage really
1: isn't the key part though that like someone's someone is setting you up and it's not like a friend like a friend's not real shit like a shit dating is like there's someone that you both you and the girl uh check in with right which so, is an injury it's yeah, much more business yeah
0: yeah and it, as it should be because marriage is is I'm, big business
1: you know you know like you were making fun and like yeah. i look when i was in yeshiva pre-dating and i was like just a. Uh, romantic and horny person like and i was imagining what dating was going to be like i was like that's taking out all the romance out of it and like now on the other side of dating like there's plenty of romance like once you're in a relationship like once you're dating the girl i i would make a strong argument for shit dating. i don't think it's a bad system i think there's issues to it but like i think non jewish shit update i think it shouldn't even be a religious thing it's a smart way to date
0: well you often hear these ads for like high net worth people to go (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why am I hearing that? Like, to go on, like, you know, these sites with, like, matchmakers. Like, there are matchmakers who only work with, you know, very successful people. The idea is that if you're very successful, you don't have time to be yeah. busy with nonsense. With plebeians. Yeah, with yeah. plebeians. Um,
1: you're looking for the highest quality Russian yeah. mail-order bride that money can buy.
0: Did you say order? Russian order? What? Russian
1: mail-order. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, they're usually Ukrainian, though, for some reason. Yeah. Is there a difference
1: between those two things? Yes. Is there like is there like an important conflict going on between? No, those? but
0: I always hear about like shipping Ukrainian women for some reason, not not Russia. I don't know. I don't know why. So the should Russians
1: uh, put up more of a fight when they should <laughs> stuff them in the box? Ukrainians <laughs> okay, just like take me. <laughs> right.
0: Right. I mean, Sherogating is Sorry, yeah, is basically you have yes, you do have a matchmaker. Um some of these matchmakers are volunteers. Um, who do get some sort of payout when they succeed. And some of them are really focused on it as a business. So there are people in the Orthodox community who are celebrity, matchmakers what a weird concept right
1: and uh they make they make money there are famous matchmakers yes there are they are they're like uh what Freddie Friedman I I heard he's out of the game actually he's out, he's out of the game yeah he, yeah he retired he made like, too he, much money or maybe he's in the game I don't he know he worked at Dor golden the camp that I went to the okay. camp for for like a year and he very loud boisterous guy he was a fun guy but I remember thinking like this guy is in charge of like love in Judaism yeah <laughs> Like, he's, he had the energy of like an m- older married frat guy. Wait, <laughs> I actually, I've never met him. I don't, is he like skinny, fat, he's old, fat. young? He's, oh, let's not use the word fat. He is of girth. And he's of girth. He's, how he's old is he? Impo- impossible to say because I was in Dora Golden. Like, I was younger then, and like, everyone seemed, I probably thought he was 50 and he was probably 35. Right. That's a, you know? that's a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I don't know how old he is, but so, like. Well, obviously, he wasn't doing so well if he was also in Dora Golding. That's a great point. It's possible that uh, first of all, Dor Golding has actually like a lot of money to play with, and like that—that's a p- for-profit business for right, sure. sure. And I also think he just did it for the geschmack. His job description there was basically just Geschmack. He was well, in charge of Well, maybe he was scouting out guys for the counselors who were twenty-one. Yeah. August? Yeah. Oh, I guess twenty-one. Yeah. It's, they're they're like on the way. Yeah. Happens to be that—that's not as weird sounding to me as as, as I initially thought because like if you were a serious shock and you wanted to like scout out the 20 and 21 year olds of judaism working at a sleepaway camp is kind of seeing those guys like you see a lot of their sure. personality you see them at their best sometimes at their worst you see how they like interact in the team like color war like it's actually a totally kind of brilliant dude if you led the grand sing during color war i did lead the grand sing th- you, color you, war. you you were a hot and commodity Freddy, at no point came over to me and said i have shit up for you uh problem because you're from cleveland probably yeah came, oh right? yeah no that. but we
0: do have to clarify that the commodity in shidduch dating are the guys not the girls so it's the it's the there right. is a there is a for whatever reason and there's many reasons a surplus of girls and not enough guys to who match that same style of guy that the girl is looking for so the girls are the ones who are putting in the effort and waiting for the phone calls, and the yeshiva guys are the ones being inundated with calls. Which is,
1: Funny enough, the opposite of secular dating. Right, it's the opposite it's of reality. Opposite. It's the
0: opposite of reality. Right, yeah. right, yeah.
1: yeah. It's it's a very in in, in, in on, a, on that same girl who is like waiting desperately for for a shidduch because her parents are divorced for some stupid reason. Sure. She, you know, she's. Half pretty and has like a decent personality. Or let's be honest, has a terrible personality. And she puts up a decent profile on a J swipe. She's inundated. Like you can't. It, you need to hire three secretaries to deal with the paperwork involved with answering all of her, all of her DMs. And uh, it is then gives a little bit of that. Yeah, oh, sh- power back to me. Yeah, I- <laughs> where it belongs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the Sherdan system has made. You know, thousands of marriages, hundreds of thousands of marriages, and it's hard. Some would to would say billions. Some would say billions, right? And <laughs> if you look historically, it's billions, right? So you can't say
1: that like it doesn't work because it literally works for so many people. I think. I think the just having made a marriage doesn't doesn't mean it works. Making a happy marriage that produces joy, right? And a, a functional family unit, which I, I think it also does. I, I don't
0: know that it ruins those prospects. I it think, definitely doesn't. Yeah, ruin it. I think it's possible. To yeah. have a happy marriage with Shiruch dating. There are people who I who had bishows. There are people who who like in the more Hasidish community where they meet once and they also claim to have happy marriages. So yeah. it's all possible. I'm not saying it's
1: good. I'm not saying I used to in my own mind formulate Shiruch dating as like in a way you're tricking young Jews into holy matrimony. Mm-hmm. But into into joyful, like into a, into a loving marriage. You are kind of tricking them because they, you're getting them so young and you're putting so much pressure on them to get married. It is, it feels like coercion. It's definitely societal. I Absolutely. think a lot of people would agree. It feels like societal coercion. You are being tricked into hopefully something beautiful because young people in 2023 in our generation have a really hard time committing. And I don't I don't I don't blame us for having a hard time committing. I think that. Every aspect of our society is built to make people not good at committing. And, uh, Interesting. Every aspect. Not every aspect. Right. But, but, like, but like, you know, enough ink has been spilled on that topic that like we live in a very like next, next culture. Right, right, and there's, right. it, we're just, we have so many options. We've never had more options. We've never had more tyranny of choice. And, 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 and dating apps are just like making it so much worse psychologically just because you were so aware of how many... Single women are in your area, and um, I think that, like, yeah, it, the shadow system, I'm. I, this is not a defense, it's, it's just an observation. It does seem to be sort of tricking people into something that might actually be good for them. Might. I'm, I'm sure there's some people who would argue vehemently that it's not, uh, but... That it's I not a trick or that it's not good for them? No, that's not good for them, but right. I, we don't have data on that. I know a lot of happy people who dated Shelf Dayden, and I, I know a lot of unhappy people who dated not Shelf Dayden and vice versa, so there's
0: no data. Well, two points on that. First of all, when you talk about tyranny of choice, that's absolutely true. Yeah. There's this book going around right now, which I own, I didn't read, and like all good books, it has a good title, and you don't have to read it. Mm-hmm. And it's good ra- on a shelf? It's called 4,000 Weeks. And, oh, yeah, It's uh, that. right there, yeah time Time management management. for mortals right i actually forgot what it was called and i looked and i'm like oh there it is yeah yeah so i don't know oh wait you haven't read it yeah i started reading (laughs) it but the idea at least in the beginning is like hey if you're lucky this is how many weeks you get if you're lucky yeah so yeah we're in this world of like constantly trying new things and not committing and 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 like like starting new ventures, Yeah. Yeah. Like this podcast, which is very high risk. Yeah.
1: And high reward. Yeah. 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 It's Uh, terrible in a society when dudes who are like 30 years old are like, oh, I'm going to start something new. You have
0: time for this. Like, shouldn't you be in the field
1: plowing? We used to work in the mines. Yeah. And now we have podcasts in Williamsburg. Uh, Where where are we? We're in Williamsburg.
0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. By the way, is it okay that I'm using the archaic ladies
1: and gentlemen? Um I I I find it problematic. You find it I, problematic. I'm not going to like I'll wait I'm going to write an article right. for Jezebel yeah about it but yeah.
0: You better not go on Instagram tomorrow saying like in no way am I associated with uh,
1: Ben's podcast. He was very nice to me, uh, but ben, I don't want to put this lightly. But I'm on a podcast already <laughs> <laughs> that I sometimes <laughs> want no more. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, feel the need to distance myself from. Right. That is
0: that is good. Yeah, yeah. All I right. mean, I listen. I try to get distance from myself. Like
1: okay. I go on, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> what I just said two minutes ago. <laughs> By the way, the, the, the podcaster in me is like dying right now because I can't see the screen. Like, How's our shot? Oh, I like don't see empty. it either. Oh, that terrifies me. I
0: can stand up and look.
1: Yeah, let's actually... Yeah. Like, I want to know if I'm in the shot. Yeah. That's a great question. You're totally in the shot. am recording. You want oh, to okay. Yeah. It's not about looking at It's just in the shot. You're like in the shot. You're this, right. These are not how my mind... If I see a camera, I want to know exactly... What's it, that is going cool. on? Right, no, I, right. I really wonder what would happen if I walked into a film set. A film set was completely foreign to me. A year ago, and I'm not saying I understand film sets. You know, I can hear Bob, our friend in film school, right now going, right. "What the fuck do you know about you film?" Still don't know anything. But about film, right. what I'm, all I'm saying is, I have a different relationship to cameras. Being on, being, I have five different cameras. Sure. That I deal with every week, and 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 I'm some responsible for the, the shots, and like, yeah. I just I, I have a different relationship. Like, yeah,
0: I want to ask you more th- about that because you are you are famous. I mean, you claim that people are stopping you on the streets. We just yeah. walked.
1: To the coffee shop, nobody stopped you on the street. That this is tree. true. We do not do very well in this part of Williamsburg, right, our demographic. If you're three blocks left, I don't I think garen- you do well there either. I don't know. So here's where you. I yeah. think you might be wrong. Again we're talking about marginally, marginally right. well, and marginally famous. But I absolutely have been stopped by Hasidim, like mm-hmm. very Hasidish Hasidim. Wow. Yeah.
0: I listen to Mislabeled. Hello.
1: Again, not like curious Yo guys, right. but the guys who have smartphones on the on the clip holster, like the the tunas a little bit.
0: Mislabeled has a a, a Hasidic following. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. That's amazing. What episodes do you think are the ones that? Liked the most? <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs>
1: That's where we picked up most of our followers right, right. because of her sparkling repertoire. How is she doing? Are you following her on Instagram? I am following Instagram, but I'll be honest, I don't like engage. Well, she's not going to watch this, but no. I don't. I don't engage in her in her stuff just because whatever. I have a limited amount of attention span. She is. I'll, i've said it a hundred times but she's the she's the real deal like loveliest person sure she's such a like positive force she's a big like supporter of the pod like she still comments on all of her yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah
0: she doesn't need to well because she thinks you guys are like part of judaism you know so she needs to like connect with yeah the, with the culture it's so funny yeah.
1: like a lot of comments were when we had her on people were like wait we need to be showing her jews and you she's on the right. podcast that has people the- have
0: that complaint with a lot of your things with like house of love which I didn't watch, but people were people like, "People complain about us." People, live. well, there's a. I, I love reading mislabeled comments. I mean, it's it's a great place. Shout out to the comment section on mislabeled. I wish it was longer.
1: Shout out to Shmuley Warren's mom, who is my favorite commenter. Right, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I mean, God willing, you guys will have more comments and yeah. and um, and and intelligent ones I also. The, um, but there was one comment about that episode, which was like. These people love, like, these guests, House of Love, they love Judaism, and they're sitting with two guys who have a lot of issues with Judaism, and they're getting, like, the rogue um, impression. impression. But I actually think it's great, because it's, the Torah actually tells you to discourage a convert from converting. <laughs>
1: so you guys are ideal. <laughs> How amazing <laughs> yeah. would that be? Because they're not Jewish yet. They're in their Yeah. Community. If they, like, stop the process <laughs> after our podcast, <laughs> they're like... <laughs> we, like held a press conference. are like, "Uh, yeah, we we don't want this." No. no, but real talk.
0: I I I love that idea of discouraging uh, people from converting to Judaism because Judaism is is a big deal and it's literally. I don't know which which halacha it like where it says this halacha, but mm-hmm. it is a halacha. And I've actually actively discouraged people from converting. I've done this mitzvah in <laughs> my a, it's life. A, it's big mitzvah. Yeah, it's, big big it's a mitzvah big mitzvah. Years. And. The fact that we're giving platforms to these people now and making it all cool to convert to Judaism kind of goes against that, and I understand why we're doing it because we do get very excited as a tiny community when we get any validation from mm-hmm. outsiders. That's just how it is, um, but but that's n- that's not what it says. Like it says to discourage people from converting. Also, it used to be that converting to Judaism really had less perks than it has today. So if you were converting to Judaism like in the Shtetl and the ghetto, yeah, you're really You really want it. Yeah, you really want it. Today I, I
1: would say you still have to really want it. You still have to want it all, right. all the perks that I, I think you're talking mostly about like Goshmi's perks, like the fact that like it's easy on a material level to be to be orthodox. No,
0: I think there's a tremendous amount of community and warmth
1: that we have. Well they they may have had that in the shtetl too though. That that is right. that they've always had. Yeah. I think that's what gets the community most converts. Right. And I'm talking out of my ass right now, but I, I can imagine right. it is that sense of warmth and community. And I also want to say and talk about the House of Lev thing and on a serious note, I think it's important that someone like House of Lev, which is just look, they are definitely a little bit googly eyed about Judaism right now. Like they, they he is him and his wife and their and their kid. They're living inspired. And it's like it's such a beautiful thing. By the now. way, I know nothing about them. It's I barely just, know yeah, anything about yeah. them. From what I, from yeah. what I did spend an hour with them, and like they're they're clearly so enraptured with this right now. They're caught up in it, and that's an amazing thing. But it is always a good thing, I think, to if you're going to be joining, you, you know, a system, they should see some some people who had like had some issues with it. Why? Why? Because the sooner you realize that this doesn't work for everyone totally this, and it's not perfect and, and 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 it's human that's very human I, I and and you know what i don't i think if you ask house Love, like oh what was your thoughts on mislabeled those guys probably hate you know they're negative i we didn't come off as negative we came off as like humans that went through a system and i mean we both clearly see a lot of beauty in it right right we see a lot of beauty in them seeing a lot of beauty in it sure and we also have our issues yeah, I mean, it's it's a
0: fascinating concept when we try to look at our, we're basically looking at ourselves mm. through the eyes of a stranger to try to understand ourselves better. Yeah. You know what, and you had that with non-Jewish Nanny and you had that with House of Left. Any, any other, I think that was it, right? For non-Jews? Yeah. Well, uh, no, our, oh. our main non-Jew. And Scaramucci's converting now also. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that yeah, yeah, we take full credit for converting. that. Scaramucci,
1: is, is, he's going to have his bar mitzvah at um, Five Towns, yeah. Red shul. But, uh What shul would he? He would probably go to White Beth shalom. shalom. No, Beth he'd go, shalom? go to Beth oh, Shalom. Saying, yeah. Not my saying, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> You definitely want to go to Crown Heights, I know that much. <laughs> you
0: will not be going to Apollo, I,
1: I want to use a public forum to talk one last thing about House of Lev just because we didn't end up talking about it on the pod. And sure. it's in my, obviously for someone like me, it's like my favorite thing I learned about, about them is uh I am forgetting his name, but the guy. The do guy. You, do you remember his name? I don't LaDarrel, Oh, okay. I think. Shoot. I hope so. He he was a uh, a hip hop dancer. He actually the, recently went, I think, like mini viral. He was like background dancing. Nissan brought him on stage. Great. Do you know who he like toured with? He when he told me he was a dancer, I was like, oh, everyone's a dancer. And he wanted to really get dance off with me. I was like, oh, you're a dancer. No, no, no. He's like a dancer. He toured with Missy Elliott. Oh my gosh. He toured as a backup dancer for like a while with Missy Elliott, and and now he's raising a from family in Irvine, California. And I I was I was like, wow. That's well, a life experience. It's,
0: it's cool also because then you see that it's a guy who's open and likes to get into different things. and he he's, means not, he's cool. He's cool. He's not coming at it from a place of like, I have nothing going on. Exactly. He's coming from a place of like, I want to have a rich experience in this life. It definitely can't be bad yeah. for Judy to have yeah. Garam who are
1: cool. And <laughs> and, and, they, <laughs> and good dancers. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're yeah, not, yeah.
0: We're not particularly known for our dancing in the... Uh, they're not like a. We're not particularly ch- yeah. known for our
1: like certain styles of dance, but we're actually particularly known for like communal dancing. I right. will say this: to, I, I, I will go on record in this all the time. I, I go clubbing a lot. I go dancing a lot. I love dancing, and well, I was gonna steer that. Into we can you. steer into that. Sure. And
0: Zach Adler and our one shot over here <laughs> is gonna perform a, a dance. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: No. Um. There is nothing. Th- it's not better or worse. It's just there, there's a separate experience, which is going to like a Jewish wedding or a Jewish anything in Masiba and dancing. It's it's super fun. We, we
0: don't have a Mesora, uh, uh, a lineage, a heritage, I don't know the right word, of, I have no of, of dancing. We don't have like a Misora for I dancing. We, we'll we dance in a circle. Right. Well, that Dovin Amelkh story is, is is interesting because It was a negative thing. Yeah, his wife was embarrassed at how he danced. And also in the in the temple, and they 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 would watch the rabbis dance. Oh, that The rabbis sense. were dancing. The rabbis were juggling. Do you know this? Like Oh, during some special Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And everyone watched.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, which is it's a real shame because I had a severe uh lack of juggling and/or dancing rabbis, rebim, in my life. Are you a juggler? Absolutely not. Okay, good. No. <laughs> never... I think juggling's cool, though. <laughs> I actually respect the jugglers. I think juggling's cool. I think dancing's cooler, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Juggle, yeah. The juggling thing. I don't know a single rebbe who has ever danced well. I think I'm trying to think. Even like Jewish
0: danced well. Chabad, there's this image of like dancing rabbis that Chabad slicham will sometimes do like on the street you know yeah. like, like a filler on the roof kind of dance filler on the roof t- yeah. yeah 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 i like that yeah, i like that yeah. i I, have I like i can do those dances by the way
1: <laughs> that's my dance i had this thought once i was at uh, i was out nowadays which is one of my favorite places to dance they were doing a sunday party in bushwick and i i was probably on drugs but i was i was having like thoughts and i was like looking out at at this like sea of people and there was a lot of joy there and there's little pockets you saw here and there of people dancing with their significant other or with their friends their little circles but for the most part it's individuals swaying in a sea like to the you know to the house music and that's awesome but what you're not seeing is is a there's no sense of communal dance and the only time people form a circle in in, in any sort of dance floor that I've been on secular dance floor is when they're surrounding individuals who are, you know, who go in and take turns, what's called the cypher, hey. yeah, which is, like, my favorite thing to do, but, like, there is really something to be said. Like, you know, if you're – it's not just Jews who have this. I think every – tight-knit religious community or just, like, ethnic community has some sort of communal dance. Right. Dance, looking at each right. other, facing each other.
0: Right. When you go to a venue or, like, people are dancing, like, either with one person or just, like, people are, like, doing their own their thing own thing. themselves. It's a scene. of individuals. Which is kind of not the point, maybe, even. The point is maybe to dance together. Like, like we like to see, like, sequenced movements, right? Where, like, yes. people have a dance and they all do it together. It's, like, the hottest thing just moving like one foot right, one foot left, it looks so good. Flash mobs. They had a thing in Williamsburg in in Domino Park in the summer where this group of like a hundred people had this twenty minute performance of dancing. And they weren't even good, but it was so coordinated. It was kind of a flash mob, but different people did different things at different times and then like so it was not <laughs> it wasn't a, it was it was it was a flashball, but everyone's doing different things sometimes they were together sometimes okay. they were different they also moved like they started in one place that they like moved to a different spot which was part of the dance that like the audience followed them to the next location okay it was it was very high brow and
1: you just caught this Like you just happened to be there. I was
0: just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was something where a group of 100 people were, they rehearsed for this. Right. This was their thing. So they built a little community. This was their thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like the internet, especially like early 2000s YouTube videos, really like, prepared me for a world where i thought i would just be a part of way more flash dances or, or see them. <laughs> and it just hasn't happened i've never seen a flash dance happen yeah
0: when do these people get together i mean yeah
1: i've like yeah and i thought i would be like walking into Abercrombie Fitch stores and seeing a hundred naked you know shirtless dudes like there's all those videos like all the flash where they go where are, can we bring back the flash mobs COVID's over i don't like yeah,
0: COVID's. yeah so so, what was your story
1: of dancing? Was it just the internet? Was it YouTube? It didn't start with the internet. Right. It, it 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 started with uh, like music videos. Honestly, I think Chris Brown uh, was an early an early dancer of mine. Uh, he's also a, a, a big relationship hero of mine too. I really love the way he <laughs> <laughs> treats women. Uh, no, he's a jerk. I just saw a video of him throwing a fan's phone into the crowd, like yeeting it out of existence. He's a jerk. Whatever, but he—he's an incredible dancer, and like his music videos were very dance centric, and that was a huge thing. And then I, the, what cinched it was I watched Step Up to the Streets. Okay. Shout out Moose. Uh, one day I will interview you on some podcast. I that, love that kid. And
0: that might really happen with Zach. I with Zach, love that kid. With yeah.
1: Zach, anything is yeah. possible, yeah. Right, he, right? He really that like that movie because because he was a skinny white kid. It was the first time I saw a skinny white kid in a major production dancing, like. And he wasn't the most technically gifted. He just had ooze swag. He ooze he, joy. He just his movements were great and, and natural. And I I want I just wanted to be him and I wanted to dance and I, I was always like a good Jewish dancer. But then I was like, no, hip hop is what and I'm gonna do. And you needed to see someone white until you skinny old, and white, skinny and <laughs> scrawny white, scrawny and white, right. and 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 and, and, and kind of nerdy. How old were you to, when this was happening? It's probably eighth grade. Was when I like was when I like realize like oh hip-hop is what i want to do right and then like all of ninth grade where i did not yet go away to yeshiva i lived at home and i went to yeshiva like locally i would spend hours on youtube just w- like literally log i probably logged a year's worth of life on youtube watching dance tutorials and just dance competitions were they good through. those tutorials back in Oh yes. all- they were yes. good they were right. good enough they were good right. enough to get you started um and i would i would watch it and then i didn't have enough space our den was very small and that's where the computer was so i would watch in the den run out to the living room and do my little routine and then run back to see if, you know were you filming yourself to see if it's no going? i should have i wasn't right. i wasn't that dedicated so, but then then i went to yeshiva and i i started dancing in yeshiva and i don't know if people know this but first of all i did have one there was one other hip-hop dance there was a break dance friend of mine shout out Chaim mattel um he's for sure married with kids now uh, we um. Would be awkward if he's not. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he's married. Is <laughs> that married? Uh, yeah. We danced together, and like for for, and that was really nice to have like for two years like a friend who I'd hit uh, dance with break dance. And then he left. I found out that the college down the street, which we were not allowed to go to, it's UWM University of Wisconsin Madison, um, huge college, and they had a dance crew. Like a, some of the students formed a break dance crew. And they would practice every Monday and Wednesday night for three hours. They're very dedicated. And I just passed by them one time. I asked them, like, what's up? They're like, oh, it's an open practice session hosted by this dance group, but anyone can show up. And there were other non people not from the college. I just started showing up. And that was the first time I ever hung out with non-Jews. It was the first time I felt completely out of my element. 10th grade, you I started doing that in 10th grade. Amazing. And then I started it up again in base matters. Years later I started doing it again. Oh, you I took a break. I took a break took from dancing. Break. Right. But then I, you went back I took a break to to, to learn. What yeshiva was this by the way? So I went people to Wits can apply there,
0: if people want to be like Zach, they can go to You uh,
1: you can definitely apply to what you want to be like. The
0: dance wait. program is still there, so like you can do both. Is still yeah.
1: off limits, I'm sure. Right. Um
0: we have yeshiva and we have dance by the
1: way, just I have to make it horny for a second. But like do you understand what it is like? to go to a all boys dorm school and then go and dance. down the block. It wasn't just dance. We used to also go, all the guys used to go to use internet. They would go use the computers there. And like literally on on, on threat of suspension if a rabbi ever even caught you walking out of there. So you have to really be sneaky. Just 20,000 college age students. Like yeah, it's a great it was lo- insane.
0: It's a great location for the yeshiva. Yeah. That's no, a, it was terrible. Yeah, it was yeah. it literally, I was in so much pain. I, you know, location is everything. I just came back from my first time in Israel in like seven years, right, and yeah. I had been in, in a yeshiva called Medrash Shmuel, which is very proud of me till this day. Um, they are, they really are, and I was there for three and a half years. We were in a neighborhood called Rehavia. Shari Chesed Rachavia. A lot of people know where that is. Yeah. it's a great location. Mm-hmm. All the other yeshivas are like, like the mere, Like it's in a much more charedi like older part of the city it's just visually not the same and mm-hmm. like my experience in Madrash and rachavia was like a whole different experience it was beautiful it was there was a lot of just like there were things going on there were bars
1: there were what type th- of what, what were rachavis like uh, young
0: it, uh bb is in rachavia it's like so it's very like hip. yeah very conservative <laughs> No, there's coffee shops. You just see young Israeli secular people. Okay. You see them there. There's an art school. I was just there now. There's this art school like ten minutes away from Madrash. And they were had this like outdoor dance party rave thing going on with oh, wow. like hundreds of people on the street. Oh in a way wow. that I've never seen in like Williamsburg. And Yeah, and, you never really see yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like the yeshiva's right. There here. is a
1: club in I that like it's like a club I need to go to before I die. It's in Tel Aviv. Okay, if you heard it's the it has apparently like seven different rooms and every room plays different types of music and oh, has wow. a different theme.
0: That's so you because you need to be in seven clubs at the same time. I,
1: it's <laughs> so that's no, it's so true though. It's like good for my ADHD and FOMO. But like, it's yeah. I don't know. Israel. Israel seems like peop- there's a lot of. I want I want
0: to turn you on to Israel. more I, like, I I talked to you while I was real. at Israel, and I'm like, Zach, what's your take on Israel? You leftist, anti-Zionist person. And you're like, I don't care about Israel. That's not what you said. You said you had. It's not far off from the right, truth. Right. I don't. I don't yeah. have.
1: I. I wish I did. I don't right. have any strong emotional connection to right. the country or the people. Um, I like Zohan the movie, and that's I have obviously Great some, PR. <laughs> look, when I went to the hotel, I felt something stir in me, and when I and I know that like the politics around surrounding are very complicated, but there's obviously like pride, like those are you know yeah that that's, that, that is my family. Jews are my family, and like that like. I believe in Israel. I had, you know, it has right to exist, stuff like that. But anything like no real right. emotion. Well, your point was I hadn't really spent time there,
0: and like you went on birthright. I birthright, went on birthright. Birthright is a very controlled, short thing. I actually want to ask you. It's about fun. Right? It's, it's fun. nice. How old Thank are you? you, Sheldon
1: Adelson? How old were you? He's dead. Yeah. How old were you when he paid for it? Yeah. Um. How old was I? 25. Oh, were you
0: old enough to understand that, like, this is engineered and we're being, like, sold a certain course, message here? Right. Course. So that would have turned me off. Well,
1: I was surprised to find out that birthright's main um, goal is not even to get you interested in Israel. They don't need people to move to Israel. Totally not. They are just trying to make sure you marry a Jew. Um, So I guess it worked. Right. I also think... Well, I'm not married uh, <laughs> so. Like, I guess it worked. So I'm, like, I'm <laughs> aiming to marry a Jew, so... <laughs>
0: right. No, I also think it's just to counter the anti-israel narrative in a lot of academic settings oh interesting yeah to give young jews the impression that like yeah like israel's good because if you go i mean i've been talking a lot recently with people our age specifically like in the art school scene because like mimi my wife went to brooklyn college there was some anti-israel stuff but wasn't specifically bad mm-hmm. even though she did go to like a film program but like some like two different people are telling that like different art programs where there's such strong anti-israel sentiment and like literally jewish kids are being confronted with like do you support israel do you support israel that's messed yeah, up yeah and it, it is messed up and I'm, I'm believing this
1: because i'm hearing it from different people it's not just it's one funny because a lot yeah. of the spaces where i i would assume you would find the most virulent anti-Israel sentiment are probably spaces I'd like to hang out in just because it's like the art spaces and like the lefty spaces, which I like. Hey, we still want to be part of that. Yeah, we still want to. We'll go. All I'm looking for is a blue haired BDS leader. Okay. (laughs) That's what, that's who I want to date. But I, I, I do think that, um, maybe I'm naive, but I, I've definitely met people who have like nuanced takes that are definitely pretty negative yeah, yeah, leaning to about Israeli government and they would still go to Israel. Like, are we all that stupid that we can't or not stupid? I, I there's no, I'm sure there's some people, but I would say your average, even lefty person who really, uh, you know, has critiques on the government it's still going to can be in love with israel totally and i right and i but being
0: in love with a country that you've never been to Mm -hmm. is difficult because it just becomes like an abstract thing so the idea that birthright is paying for everyone to go to israel and have a good time there yeah on one hand it's it's a sort of propaganda yeah like here eat falafel you love israel on the other hand like Okay, now that you've actually been in the country, it's it's a tangible thing as opposed to just learning about it in school that it's that it's a racist colonial state. Zach, I got to ask you about all this because because you really are so many things you are. We talked about your dancing. Mm -hmm. We didn't mention that you were actually in the original Cleveland based Yeshiva Boys Choir, which I'm sure there was dancing there as well
1: i mean a drop you could call it that a lot yeah some would call it dancing. were there a lot of live performances we went on tour twice a year like circus and Pesach. that's like when jews do right. concerts um so no not a lot of touring because was, i was only part of it for two albums but yeah it was and my you, first time ever and, going and to new and you york did it, and you did it like twice right like how many years no i was in it for like four years four years it took four years for those two albums to come out what ages uh, from the ages of like nine to oh so maybe three years nine to twelve I believe I was in the choir. Right. This really by the way should be the thing. Like Yeshiva Boys choir,
0: alumni sits yeah, down. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to be. Bills it all. <laughs> right. Yaussian
1: Ellie Gerstner used st- No that was <laughs> I will say this. This is, I, I would let I want I, I want the people to decide. And I I I haven't spoken to Legerson years, but I've talked spoken yes, to and he's a great guy. <clears throat> but I really I wonder like are we not owed money? For real, <laughs> for real. Real talk. Am I not deserving of a fat check? I helped make those you, two men thousands of dollars. Did you sign anything? No. Do you know?
0: Maybe like oh, your maybe, mother, I did. maybe your mother yeah, signed. something. Maybe my mom right. signed. I know that in Miami Boys Choir the kids pay, which isn't to be in the choir. I mean, listen. No one's forcing anyone to do anything. I think we should make some money. But this was, I mean, I remember this. I'm about the same age as you. I had applied for Miami Boys Choir and gotten into the choir. Mm. I could have been on Miami Revach. That would have been my. That's a huge. That would have been me. Um, But for reasons having to do with like whatever, I was in a very strict school. My parents were like, ah, the school's not going to like it did not end up going to Miami Boys Choir. That's Square. tough, dude, because yeah.
1: Revach is like a Cold Stone classic Yeah, it's, and that may have been like really the last, the last Good hurrah, Miami yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, was
0: that. I mean, you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the choir, and it has produced some, some real names, that choir. It has produced yeah. one. No. Who else other than Mordecai Shapiro has it produced? Schwaki supposedly was in the choir. Ooh, um, I don't think
1: that's true. Shwecky?
0: Yeah, I think he was. The Schweckmeister himself? He was, yeah. I don't know for how long. I don't know if people know this, but
1: I'm a huge early Schwaki fan. I really, really like early Schwaki records. What's early like first two albums first first three albums. Like before he got became like a pop star. What are
0: some of the hits from the first few albums?
1: Um like the right, way he pronounces right, right, things right,
0: right. He also word those suits he wore those suits with a like the... hundred yeah. buttons and he would hold it.
1: he has not a lot of stage presence okay let's call it what it is he's, he's a voice but he just like he just like holds his suit in place and goes he really though
0: he did I was talking to a guy who's 40 yesterday Two nights ago, I was talking to him on and he was saying how like there's the pre-Schwacky and the post-Schwacky. Because there were all these stars before Schwacky. He took so, over. Yeah, my good friend, Surly Williger. There was uh, Mendy Wald. There were all these. Dude, all, it was I actually it was something a different era. Slimy Dax,
1: yeah. Something me and Label, my co-host, I mislabeled wholeheartedly agree on is Mendy Wald is one of the great unsung heroes of yeshivish music. He's incredible. There's going
0: to be a comeback, by the way. It must DeWalt. be like 50, right? Yeah, yeah all these guys, they're they are about 50. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so you were, so I just remember when those albums came out, like the first YBC, and yeah. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, there's only one choir, and like, it's Miami Boys Choir. What is We this? did the impossible. Yeah. We, we we were the David to their you Goliath. We did the impossible. I remember my yeshiva going with me, go, taking us on a Lagba Omer trip in like Coney Island. And mm-hmm. obviously, the yeshiva, they can't take us to an amusement park with other people because we would see other people and that would ruin the effect of whatever they were trying (laughs) to do to us. So they rented out the whole place for like a 100 kids and um, they played Is that on one of
1: First I, th- two L's. I think that's the song. Because I recognize one.
0: the song. And I remember this ride just like spinning and spinning and this song playing. That I'm sounds like... like someone's version of their personal
1: hell. <laughs> like, this that's like paradise. one of the seven <laughs> rounds of hell. No, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. If, if, if I may, like for what it is, which is sugar-coated pop that uses the exact same chords over and over again, sung by like pre and children, it slaps. Yeah, I, I actually think yeah. YBC slaps. Yeah, I and think the albums after me slapped. Any iconic, amazing. any iconic solos that we can turn on the music and be like, okay. "That's Zach." Here's the hawk. The hawk is that I was a soloist on the albums, but I just had one tiny solo in the um. Me sumo, lui, I'm an so like they gave me that because it was like the cool techno. I love
0: song. that song. Uh, I, love but, it. I haven't listened to this in like twenty on, years, but it's amazing. So yeah.
1: The choir had its own like Yeshivish faction. This the choir was sourced from three schools. Uh, two schools: Hebrew Academy of Cleveland, which is like the place I went to, middle of the road, black caber Bay, But the kids are, you know, out of town. Not
0: kids. not on the way to wearing black hats necessarily. Necessarily, right?
1: And then and then the cheder, like the the, the most those, like the, the the cheder yeshiva, which was very very wing. They the kids that were in there uh, in the choir on the studio, if they came from the cheder, they did not tour with us because the cheder was like no touring. Uh, so I took this kid Gershon Paz. Shout out Gershon Paz. You will never hear this podcast, but I actually have he lives i don't know where he lives now but his family's from detroit I've, I've seen him around i took all his solos he was he had a great great oh, voice so live i took 40 solos off his kid oh. he was he was the either the number one or number two soloist in ybc he had tons of solos he had the highest pitch voice and i had a really high voice and i took all his solos and honestly it was it was great for me because for on the live albums i'm all over them and i got right. to really be involved in a way that i wasn't in the studio also so, fun yeah. fact other than my solo, I'm not even in the choir. Oh, you're not in the actual... Like, movie. no, so he, I, I think I think I can say this. I'm pretty sure that those studio recordings you hear of YBC, of like, oh, the whole choir? It's like the same five it's seven kids, kids, right? It's right. seven that kids with a lot of overdubs or whatever studio wizards yeah, really do. That's practical, yeah. It's practical. Yeah. It is not the whole choir.
0: Yeah, let's just take the good kids. Yeah, I mean, I was... <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense, yeah. Well, that's cool. It's like the Beach Boys, because like Brian Wilson at some point stopped touring with the Beach Boys. But, but they went on tour. So I'm sure oh. someone sang his parts. So you were like singing the- uh, Not
1: in a million years did I think I would have a conversation where someone said, oh, your YBC experience was like the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually you had complete psychosis. Do you know so. that I went uh, when I was in Mayana tour, I was in the Ishiya, must have been 25, 24? 24, 24, I was 24. I went through a two-month phase where I listened to nothing but pet sounds. It's a a great album. There may
0: not be anything
1: else that you need to listen to. Incorrect. I think that other Beach Boys songs. I think I think it's their best album. But there's,
0: yeah. Well, what are some great Beach Boys? I don't. I don't want to go there. Yeah, we don't have to go there. But you know that
1: album with the guy and a horse who's like underwater. I don't remember the. Also, what's I don't send it to you later. Pictures, right? Beach Boys. There's animals
0: in the Pet Sounds picture.
1: They're literally like holding
0: goats. uh, Goats. Like, it's an just, insane just album. It's the worst abs. album
1: cover for the best album yeah, of all time.
0: Off and out as well. That was like a whole response to Rubber Soul because Brian Wilson saw himself in competition with the Beatles. Were he- they not in competition? Yeah, but I feel like it was coming from him more than it was coming from them. Really?
1: That's my take. I mean their music sounds really not similar in my opinion. Um they were just the two biggest acts
0: well, Paul McCartney says that God
1: Only Knows. Is the best song of all time. Yeah. And he's not wrong. God, God Only
0: Knows only where I'm it. The is. best hook. The difference between this podcast and other podcasts is we do break into song here. <laughs> I knew you were about to say that. <laughs> he spilled coffee. He spilled mud water. It's no, it's not. spilled off. mud water. Your bread is totally ready, by the Ooh. way. There is a food segment. segment.
1: Welcome to Cooking with Ben. Cooking with Ben. I don't know if the oven. Oh, this is actually really. Do you think mud water stains like coffee? Oh I, all I did was spill a mushroom on me. Yeah. That's really funny. Okay, I am not should... gonna eat on the pot, it's okay. We'll 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 will keep nerve. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Don't cut any of this. This is all great content. Yeah yeah, 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 Never stop rolling. Yeah. I like it when on like the Rogan podcast, like he'll like get up to like get grab like a ball of alcohol Let's and like key. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta be yeah, yeah. like they just don't cut it. They're yeah. like, yeah, let him, let him live his life.
0: So YBC four years, not really on the album touring,
1: but how, toured a lot. Of how them.
0: far did you guys go? What do you mean, how far? Like we're no, like we're, we're New we're, York. New York. We toured. You went to New York.
1: We toured old homes in Cleveland to practice. That's live mm-hmm. By the way, that is it's how it, we practice. That's how I.
0: Do a lot of my mm-hmm. work That's how shopping. we got our uh, 10,000 hours right, in. Right. That was
1: our Berlin, like the Beatles had like their 10,000 hours in Berlin at strip clubs. Ours was old homes. And then we toured <laughs> New York, right. and we used to take a uh, charter bus from Cleveland to New York. It was my first time ever being on a bus, like a charter bus. It was my first time being in New York. It was my first time uh, sleeping in a hotel. It was my first, a lot of things. It was also my first time having pizza for breakfast because Yossi Newman did not organize the trip well, and we ended up just going to Omnomes, and you took 40 Kids to Omnom's at 9:30 a.m. for breakfast. Like it was a great, honestly, it was like sleepover camp.
0: And what happened? That at some point, they said they we don't we don't need these
1: Cleveland nerds. No, Yelsey wanted to move to New York. There was all these. I'm, I, actually, I would have to ask Yelsey. I don't know, but so I'm did you leave did. the
0: choir? Or did the choir leave? The you? choir left us. The no, choir the left choir me. left us behind. What a stab in the back! To the
1: point where a lot of people think it was a New York choir from the beginning, right? People and people are confused this. when I say I was in the first two albums yeah. are all Cleveland kids. Yeah, it's, because yeah. you would not expect a bunch of Cleveland from kids to have anything in the mainstream.
0: Yeah, that's the way it should be though. Yeah. Um
1: Fun fact. I'm going to I want to challenge you on something. What other I would say at one point he was pretty mainstream. He definitely had a certain measure of mainstream from success. He's definitely done a lot of weddings. He has a couple good albums. He's a Jewish singer and songwriter and he's from Cleveland and he never lived in New York. Yehuda. You do know. Why do you know that? Do people know that? Only I know that I love Yehuda. He's he, also he's one of the unsung heroes I think because he's he is underrated. He used to come to Chaim Day Camp, um,
0: and I, I, like two thousand and one, I'm talking about two thousand maybe even. Okay, he would come to Chaim Day Camp and they would pump us up about the fact that he had no band. He made that into like I think oh, that was a good thing. That was a good thing. Like guys, like his He's music. He's so good. <laughs> the music <laughs> plays by itself. <laughs> like, he doesn't even need a band. And as a kid my mind was like was blown. And that may have been the first concert I had seen in my life because I was like seven years not old. Not a bad first concert yeah. to go to not yeah. a bad my first Call concert. Call is so well and I saw that he had a ring on his finger also. Oh he was a
1: stark monotrox like, puppet. Oh like rings are okay I think that's by the way part of why he never made it huge huge in the front he was he was modern. He was a little bit more modern. I think he wore a girl. He had a ring. He wore like vests. Yuda! Yuda! Exclamation point! Yeah. So my family loves making this joke. It's so stupid, but like, Zach, you're gonna have a solo career one day, and you can be Zach? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> How deep are your Cleveland roots? Because my was- family is from there. The the Adlers which is a huge family like a lot of siblings and a lot of kids and what they live in like, Who's Adler? <laughs> that <laughs> like, is my last name. That's your last name. Uh, our matriarch and patriarch like raised the fa- like the family started in Cleveland. My grandfather came from Berlin, moved straight to Cleveland. Ooh, you're from Berlin. I'm a Yucca. I'm a Yucca. Oh, yeah. My Dallas? grandfather, my Opa uh, my father went to tells in the whatever seventies and they like drop, you drop all your men hug oh. just do what they do. Are there a lot of German Jews in Cleveland? Cause there's, there, there my parents mm. were involved with another like yucky family. You know what? There might be. Yeah. The sad truth is like, we're going to talk about like in, in this time when you people like to talk about their like culture being right. Yucky is like, it's not, done. Like, it's, 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 done. it's not a culture anymore. Really? This, one of the saddest things I ever did was I was in Berlin for two weeks, um, with Turo, like studying abroad and, on Shabbos, I davened in a gorgeous, gorgeous, real yucky shul, you know, like a cathedral, almost very, like, church-like, and... Um They can barely get a minion like their yaki culture is gone. I mean, for sure in Europe, most from Jewry is gone. And then like in the Washington Heights, it's dying out. Right. Right. Lawyers is barely yaki anymore. Right. Right. These things don't last. And who's going to wear bow ties to show? And the truth is,
0: how long can they last when you're not, you know, in the same geographical location? Like as
1: sad as it is. What are you supposed to do? Like you're so, so I guess yeah. it's not such a strong culture. Like yeah. the only thing I ever really heard is like okay, they dress a certain way, like very like proper European, lots of vests, feathers in the hat. Yeah. Um, but there's also like the being on time thing, which is, you know, German culture, which, you know, fuck that. There's that like
0: stupid Jewish joke where it's like the guy tells his wife, um I'm starting to come home late from shul because we're saying <laughs> yes, Masha Baruch yes. that's like the one. That is, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, my, it's, my, it's a bad I'm down joke. to the sludge, by the way. Like, yeah, I know, In the end, you kind of, I try to mix it in, but it always sinks, it always sinks to the bottom.
1: I feel like the sludge has all the energy, that's like where all the energy is hiding. Right. So, I'm trying to get to it. So,
0: Zach Adler, Yeshiva Boys Choir, Cleveland, gets into Dancing, I guess you weren't singing as much once the.
1: YBC I guess singing thing came ended. before dancing, and then right. dancing. Like in high school, I was not a singer. I was not a songwriter. I did play drums in high school. I picked right. up drums in right. high school, right. but my main art, my main thing I focus on was dance. Really, all I cared about.
0: When you thought of yourself as a fifteen-year-old, did you have a vision of what where you wanted to be, and was it anything artistic? Were you like, I want to be?
1: Now we're getting real yeah yeah but i was also depressed by that vision because i was i knew i was going to be maybe not 15 let's talk about like when i was like 17 18 sure. first getting like kind of turned on like i knew i was going to be going to base metrics next year into high school and i knew like i knew i was like uh, starting down a road of like you're going to be like very from you're gonna be learning a lot and like i wanted that but i also like really 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 wanted to just practice art I just wanted to dance all day. I wanted to practice drums. I, want, I I At that point, I wanted to start making music, and I wanted to learn guitar. Um, and I just, yeah, like, yeshiva won. And I sort of, I'm not exactly sure where my headspace is. It's hard to remember exactly where your headspace was. But I do remember thinking, like, I'll just push it off a little bit. I'll just push it off a little bit. I'll just push it off a little bit. And, um yeah, that's what I feel like out. I did
0: a similar thing, like pushing yeah. it off a little bit. I and I want to get back to you, sure, sure. but I remember in Israel and Yeshiva being like 21 already because i had been there since I was 18. And there was an old retired man, retired, who was just there to hang out with the young people and he would learn. And someone was like introducing me to him. They're like, oh, this guy, Benjamin, like he's a musician and uh he, you know he sings, but like he's here now. You know he's learning, and this old man who had a, you know lived the whole life. He's like, it's very commendable that you're sacrificing music to be in yeshiva. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm sacrificing music? I didn't you realize. Like put that into perspective. Yeah, for you. Like I didn't realize I'm sacrificing anything. And you know, like back to like the four thousand weeks, I was like, oh my god, like I'm 21. Uh, uh, my goal was not to sacrifice music. My goal was not to... Sa- I hate the word sacrifice. It's such a it's, it's, it's such a, a painful word. word. Um, and that really Do you think he was kind of right though. Yeah, and I wonder how much he was like really trying to like make a point because the point was very well made. It was a turning point for me. I was like, I gotta it get got, it, it. it broke through. I gotta get into music seriously because like I'm not a I'm not a child anymore. And like yeah, the after high school, everyone went to Yeshiva and I also went to Yeshiva. And I did want to find myself still trying to find myself but but i realized like i'm pushing it off i'm pushing it off and it, it stops feeling good after a while you know or ever 100%. or ever yeah but what's interesting it like what happened to you from like when i met you you became this like very nurturing force to other artists you really are you really became that um for those who don't know zach hosts events where Shockingly, you'll have a hundred people show up. Many of them are there to read poetry and to sing songs. Many of the, many of them are there just to listen, which that really blows my mind. That like, people just want to be in this creative space,
1: especially people coming from a front background. Yeah, because that yeah. Is, it's not like that doesn't exist right. in the secular world, right. but it is something that I've I'm amazed by, it and I'm like really grateful that I'm I get to like kind of play a role in like curating is. Like those are my happiest moments at those events. Yeah. I look around and it's it's not during the music. It's it's like when someone's reading the, the 20th poem of the night. And there's silence. And it's a room of 60, 70, 80 people watching someone read a poem. And you're like, oh, people do care. Yeah, people want this,
0: and we're so inundated with this belief now that like, oh, people's attention spans are so short, and no one cares. No one cares about you. No one wants to see your art. Nobody has patience for anything, and, and you see it that like, it's not always true. Mm-hmm. It's it's often not true. Like, you have people showing up. You have people who care. It's it's very inspiring. But my question to you is, do you feel? like this is something that you almost like happened to because you ended up like not pursuing it as much as you wanted to, that you became this like nurturing presence or healthier. I'm not saying, yeah, healthier. Yeah. Like this is really a part of you. That's amazing that you do have this ability to not be a total narcissist, to (laughs) not just nurture your own creativity and 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 to also nurture it in other people. That is a
1: brilliant question to ask. Thank you. It also I I'm just very happy you asked it because it's it's a question that I think about and it's also it shows I think that you just like pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's nice to be seen and it's nice to be wondered about. So thank you for asking that question. Sure. Um I would like to answer the question but I want to preface by saying like there are like themes But it's also not that serious. Like, sometimes you just do things. On a simple level, I really like, like, the reason I make events, the reason why I push, we've had how many conversations we had on the phone where I'm, like, pushing to make artists because I fucking love art. I love creativity. I, I, I know how much joy it brings me. And so I want other people to have that. There is definitely an aspect of I try to give other people what I have a very, very hard time giving myself and what was not really given to me. Um, I don't feel like necessarily like my art, like was ever like, you know, that part of me was ever like nurtured by other people or, or, and not that it's necessarily their job, but it definitely like, I have a hard, hard time nurturing myself and I don't, I don't produce 80% of the art that I'd like to. Um, I'm very judgy about myself. And so like, I I have a hard time nurturing myself, but it's always easier to push someone else than it is to push yourself. And so in, in some way it is me being like, okay, like, you know, this is what I can do. I can't do it for myself. I can do it for others. But there is also just the, so there is that deeper psychological aspect for sure. But there is a part where it's like, I love networking. I love meeting artists. I love being around people that inspire me. Also, life is just better with art. I'm really lucky that like five years ago, I lived in Queens and knew zero people making anything. And now I live in Brooklyn and know a hundred people who make things. Whether it's writing or music or podcasting or people like you who do all of it. And I don't take that for granted. So like, I want to, I want to be a part of it. And it's it's actually so easy to get people in a room and share art because everyone wants it. Yeah. And everyone wants to share. Uh so yeah, it's it, yeah. it really is that. I, I wanted to kinda give you that
0: like encouragement that like ideally to to be both of those things is, is amazing. I'm trying right now. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I see it with many of my heroes, my musical heroes, that they had a, a phase in their life where they were music teachers which is essentially that when you're a music teacher you're just you're helping, helping. Yeah. other people find their own voice yeah um and it's not it's not an either or it's not an either or it's very enriching and it's amazing to see how far you've taken that role because you're now in this place where you're interviewing I don't know who I'm allowed to name. I'm not we'll allowed to name. definitely not allowed to name anyone we haven't yeah, released. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can also time this that it was re- – but I don't know when you're planning to release
1: it uh, – when you're planning to release your – I your don't know name. either yet. We're still right, right now. But you're interviewing big names. Um, and we have a few artists. A- at the time of filming this, we have a few we've already filmed with, like, artists. Kocha Dills. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, that hasn't been released that right. I'm very excited about. Right, and And right. it's, it's always a huge pleasure to me to be able to sit down with – artist artists I respect. Right. And these people, not only you respect them,
0: but it's clear that they feel comfortable with you. Um, in general, not only artists. I think when you go in to interview people, they just feel like this person is, first of all, he's smart. He's not saying stupid things. Uh, he's asking good questions and he's a nurturing, supportive presence. Because uh, these people have big egos. I mean, like, yeah. for the most part, it's just, just because someone's successful doesn't yeah. mean they don't need veteran. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a very,
1: very powerful thing. I to sat have. down recently with someone. Try not to give too much away. I sat down recently with someone who has sold millions of records, I think. Mm-hmm. And if not millions, it's the someone that I could make the mistake of thinking they sold millions. And this person showed me a song that they're working on with the exact same energy. That you or Bob or one of my friends right, in the scene will be like, "Hey, right. dude, what do you think of this?" It's the same thing right. at 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 his heart and at the heart of all is we are just kids playing in a sandbox. The first time we ever hit a note on a key, keyboard and realize I can do that, it's the same energy. Yeah, and like, why, how can you not nurture that? Yeah,
0: and 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 also the other aspect is like, he wasn't like, "Oh, like this this guy doesn't matter," because like I just have like. Lead legions, right? Like legions of like faceless yeah. fans. So like obviously like the world will like it. No, he cared. Like here's a human, here's a guy who liked my
1: older stuff. Yeah. Let's see if he likes Another this. thing is your fam your your favorite artist will never show you his demos if you go to him and be like, You're my favorite artist. Right. If you go to him and be like, hey, right. would you like to be on my podcast? Yeah. You, again, the old thing, if you treat if you put him on a pedestal, they'll treat you like a fan. If right. you treat them like, Hey, I fuck with what you do. I really respect what you do. I myself am not. You have anything you want to show me, and they go like, "Yeah, sure." Like you train like just yeah, another so person. You always,
0: you always had that, and like you had that ability to talk to everyone, including people who think very highly of themselves. And uh, it's just it's cool to see how like it turned into being an interviewer because I don't think that's something you really wanted to do,
1: or maybe oh, you did. It's interesting. No, I. I think I did. I definitely always wanted to start a podcast, and I, I did always want to do interviews. So I, I actually would disagree. I, I, it is something I saw myself going. So when into. you were thinking about doing a podcast, what was your vision? I, I was living in La, La Land. Like I, I, I've, I, I've, I've, I had toured around with the idea of starting a podcast like years ago. Right. Um. But I didn't have like the funds to make it. You know, I don't. I didn't have any right. of the technical know right. how. But I, I mostly just wanted to talk to musicians and to comedians. Talk, right. I just want to talk to right. artists. Right. Um. And a little bit, you know, very informal, like more of a hang. Sure. And what Miss Label has turned into, and and I want to go on record and just say like how I'm incredibly grateful I am to like label really for, besides for the fact that he financed the whole thing, just the amount of work and care he puts into it and the fact that he like handed me a platform and like gave me a place to shine is incredible. he's He really can't be commended enough for that. Yeah. Um. And he's very good at sharing space. And like, I think we have a good thing going, but you do. this is, it's definitely with Miss Label, it's a little bit more like. Interviewing, there's definitely some people there that like I wouldn't have my own personal podcast, but that's kind of the beautiful thing. I would never, in a million years, even ask to talk to Scaramucci. Like, why do I? What? Right. I don't even. What? But you know what? I enjoy talking to him, and I learned something.
0: Yeah, a lot of podcasters actually like they they brag about how they never have to do that because like they never have to talk to anyone because in the world of network TV, you're a nobody. Like the interviewer, they're just like you're gonna talk to this guy. And make him sound evil, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like
1: you have to just talk to people, you know, you have an earpiece. You know, God, I would I, love to sit down with Jordan Peterson, yeah, I, just like be- I would to love have to have a really complicated conversation right, with Peterson, right? Because right. I, I, my personal relationship with him is like literally gone from like such admiration and honestly a deep feeling of like thank you so much, like gratitude to like to like okay to like recently, like his Twitter. I'm like horrified. Interesting. I'm like I, horrified. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't follow him on Twitter. Yeah, my He's gone off the rails in my opinion. Right, right. And I'm not really sure what's happening to yeah. him. It could be drugs. It could be some hatred in his heart that's finally coming out. I he he talks all the time about right. the fact that he's filled with rage.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels like he was treated very badly by, by the press. By, he was. Yeah. But yeah. there's that that is yeah. at the end of the day you have He a does choice. go through a lot like when when in Canada they're trying to take away his license to practice yeah. therapy that is that feels like a, a he was real a attack yeah. yeah yeah but he actually yeah it's interesting like i remember getting into Jordan Peterson uh Probably 2017. I think right right when the book came out. Yeah. Uh, Zelig Steiner recommended it to me. Sure. Yeah, and I read it, and it really helped me, like the the clean your room stuff, and uh, a lot Dude. of a lot of good rules.
1: When I go on the internet, sometimes I I have like I think a lot of people do. I have like an unhealthy habit of like I like to read through entire comment section back and forth. The ones that are like the more dumb and on un- one, you know, yeah, uh, the the better. And I get sad because specifically around Peterson and people like of his ilk, not Tate, not Tate. I have, there's no, there's not a positive thing I have to say about Tate, but like Peterson specifically, like there is just a lot of rhetoric right now. where like, I have friends. I could walk into certain rooms and if I bring them up in any way, positive light, I will literally get looked at a certain way, labeled a certain way. And, And the truth is I have a nuanced, as I just said, nuanced take, but there's something before you judge someone for like, oh, you're a Peterson fan. Like, get off his dick. He's actually he's actually a student. Do you know why most people get into Peterson? Do you know why young men get? Because they're lost. You do not list, read Jordan Peterson or listen to hours of his talks because your life is going great. Right. And you love yourself. You are there because maybe you're like me and you left Yeshiva and you're like, what the fuck is life? And all of my heroes and people I looked up to, I realized were kind of selling me like something that I don't believe in and or was not good for me. I need a dad, and he's dad. He is daddy, and for better, for worse. And we give him too much power, and that's oftentimes, like, you know, if anything, being in yeshiva has taught me to not worship and not just you have to take a grain of salt with everyone, but we need to start from a place of compassion. That doesn't mean people can't be above critique and people who, like, defend, like, some of the, the things that people, in you know, Peterson and his ilk say when it's not good or Rogan when it's not good. Like, you know, yeah. No one is above critique, and that critique is important. But you've got to start from compassion. Why do you think people, young men, are listening to Peterson? Because they are depressed. They're sad. They don't know what to do with life. He has helped me. He's helped so many of my friends. And then it turns out that he's got some serious character flaws. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? Shlomo Karlbach probably and probably touched a bunch of women. Like, people aren't perfect, and you you have to – there is such a thing as separating the good from the bad. No, you kind of have
0: to do it because there is literally
1: no one who passes the purity test, as far as I, as far even as, as I'm understand. saying this, there, there's a part of me that's like, listen, if you can find someone who doesn't say pretty terrible things, then do that. And by the way, go read Seven Habits, everyone, because Seven Habits, I, nothing has ever come out. Seven about Habits, so
0: I, yeah. But does anyone read finish the book? No, I never
1: <laughs> finished the book. It's funny because I've tried it three <laughs> times. Like, this looks really nice. Also, there's Interdependent. <laughs> there's That's a what quality I don't be, right. of Peterson's work right. that is not like Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey is brilliant. Like, Seven Habits will change your life. But there is a... Peterson, he's always on camera. And he yeah. cries. And people make fun of him he cries. You know what? It's fucking nice to hear someone cry once in a while. And what's he cry about? He doesn't... He I've never seen him cry because of the way he was treated. Maybe he does. He cries because he's like, you know when people come out to yes. me and they need a hug? Yes. Yeah. Like, that is... There's just a certain lack of compassion there. And, like, yeah. you're not wrong for turning to these people. Just everyone should come in with a grain of salt, and you should never fall too in love with any any leader. Yeah, obviously,
0: right. I think that's maybe the main point for me is, like, do not fall so in love with any leader because yeah. um, your heart will be broken. Um, but you know what's sad? It's really nice to fall fully in love with a leader. I was talking, I was actually listening to a Chabad rabbi speak recently in a Mm. private forum for a couple of people. And he had a little bit to drink. And he said, the first 15 years of my life, and this guy's in his 40s. The first 15 years of my life, I was with the Rebbe. I was living in Crown Heights. I was with the Lubavitch Rebbe. Those were the best 15 years of my life. Nothing will ever be as good as those 15 years and i was like i mean i don't know if do i have to comment on that i'm like oh my gosh like that is fully in and like this guy's a shliach now so like yeah. his whole life is you know the Rebbe said to be you know to go out and teach judaism and that's what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my life but what an interesting perspective to have like there was a perfect man he's no longer with us and um I can keep
1: thinking of this man as like this this hero, you know? There's something in human psychology that we really love a perfect person. Yeah. And especially a perfect person who gives advice confidently. <laughs> I was very curious. but but
0: I think this idea of like, yeah, we want the perfect person. I mean, we want a perfect person. It's we do. I mean, the my, Ubermensch. Yeah, yeah, that's Nietzsche, right? They want the perfect so. person. I mean, my first. I love bringing up Nietzsche because I've read zero Nietzsche. But and I you don't could know just what like about Ubermensch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but now uh, I get points. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, Ubermensch. Ooh, yeah. I mean, my first song that I made was called Jordan. Right, talk to about Jordan. Was, which was I, I kind of moved away from that song because mm. I don't like how I produced it, but it was basically inspired by Jordan Peterson.
1: No, it was yeah. not. Yes, it was. I had no idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Here comes Whoa. Jordan the pattern changer. Three piece pinstripe, because that was a suit. How did I not put but that, that together? Our, but he's our savior. Yeah, he's our savior. The three piece pinstripe. Yeah, and I and, and the verse i'm like uh i wore a suit for the occasion because he was talking about how he wears a suit and people who are in like pretty low places in life maybe don't usually dress up nicely when they go to his events they dress dress up nicely and how he was so inspired by that and i'm like i was coming out of a place then where and i was aware of this in my life like growing up like I like strong male heroes just in my personal life. You know, I like having a father. I like having a Rebbe. I like yeah. having a therapist. I just like that. There's a, a man I can look to and be like, this is the guy, you know? And I think eventually what happened was it transferred from people in my life to people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I I may finally be in that place where I like, I'm not looking at this like one Daddy and being like now you're what daddies. is now I have too many. Yeah. You gotta
1: consolidate, not you gotta yeah. diversify, your diversify your daddies. Diversify your daddies daddy and have, have several daddies. And become your own daddy, really, hopefully. Wait, but that and that really is the goal, but that is an incredibly difficult thing. And it's also I I don't know if 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 like I actually like the idea of a lifelong Rebbe, that concept of Judaism of like you grow older and you grow wiser and you become your own dad. You're your own boss. You're your own. But we always have this concept of like, it doesn't mean you do everything they say. A Rebbe is not someone that you do everything you say that they say, but it's someone that you can at least bounce ideas off of because you're, no one, and I mean no one is capable of being their only daddy. Right. right. You can be your own daddy amongst other daddies. Yes. I you would know? not say that one is right and one is wrong. And by the way, daddy here is gender neutral. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It can be mommy. Daddy can be mommy. We're talking about just parental figures, guides, people who have a, a lot of experience. Look,
0: I would say awe is an involuntary reaction. So I, it's, I was actually just listening to an interview with Modi, which is... Modi's an interesting... Are you guys going to interview Modi? Modi's daddy. Modi's daddy. No, he's not. He's, Modi's not daddy. He could... Nah, no, I, don't, I don't feel he's that. A yeah, fella. He's a handsome fellow. He's a handsome fellow. He's a married man. I shouldn't be talking about like 50 that. 50-something years old, by the way. He looks fantastic. We're I know. Something. I'm telling you, these guys. So... Modi just went through this thing where like they had the article come out. Yes, I'm gay, and he's like, I'm so happy about it. He's though. like, I didn't come Probably. out. I was always out. I just finally had it in the press. So he was interviewed on this podcast called 1840. Dovbushevkin, who Devil I, if
1: you were listening, we we very much want Dovbushevkin. I, I have such respect for.
0: Him. I had mixed feelings about that podcast in the beginning, but he's 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 definitely like. He's having cool conversations that no one else is having.
1: He got a comedian that I've been meaning to have on. He got to Alex Clare. Alex Clare is a singer. Alex Clare, uh, Alex Edelman.
0: Oh wow, interesting. Do you know Alex Edelman? No. But I I may have actually seen the the Amazing stand up he grew up from. Yeah. I actually those podcasts are so good. I would like go listen again to some of those episodes. He turned me on to Jonathan Haidt. He had a conversation with Jonathan Haidt. Got his book. Yeah, I really I took notes on that book. Righteous mind good stuff yeah we're gonna go into these things by the way in more detail and like further conversation i know i'm like jumping. oh i read this i read that like that's not that's not the point but um so he had modi on and modi was saying how he loves the babadah jareba modi's in his 50s so he He was definitely around yeah and and i'm like it's funny because like modi's like this like pretty like relaxed about judaism guy and he has this like awe um all about the, uh, about the Rebbe. And it just seems to me, having not been there, uh, but really being born like right after he died, that he just had that effect on people. That like you would get into his presence and you would just be blown away. So I, I am kind of jealous of that experience. Like yeah. like I I was around, you know, some great rabbis, some of them very charismatic, but ultimately i felt like this doesn't cover everything <laughs> that i that i need you know that i needed in my old life like this doesn't cover all my bases and like i had to keep moving i have a really um,
1: random memory that you're bringing up right now yeah this is so random but and i don't know anything about him either well let me just say it is um i was in za a yeshiva in farakwe so like my like last ditch effort before I was like, oh, it's not the yeshiva, which yeshiva's problem. It's that I don't want to be in yeshiva. Uh, That's like za, by the way, for a lot of people. It's for a lot of people, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I literally was there for like yeah. two and a half months, and it was mostly yeah. through a haze of right. weed smoke. Right. Um, who are we about to get? Yeah, we're down? about to get shut down. So let's uh, finish your last. Uh, his his wife died. Reb Shai wife died during during my tenure there during the levaya. Um, a bunch of people spoke. One of whom was Rabbi Pear. and I to this day I remember just being like so intimate because he spoke so, not like a Yeshivish, rabbi. right, and I it also kind of made me sad because I realized like how bad most, rabbi talk, right, they don't talk real good, and especially when you're honoring someone's life like, to do it in a, a human, way with gravitas is, is uh, I don't even know why I said the story but like you just, I like just it didn't do off. like
0: it didn't do it for you. I think that's what you're saying. Like, th- like he talked and he didn't like how he talked. And no, but like, I did like, how talked. Oh, you talked. did like, how I loved talked. how he talked. Oh, okay. Then I don't know why you said this. Story. I don't know why I said this. Story. Right. Right. All right. Well, I, I don't think we, cut we have out out to, bear. yeah, we she's might have to, we might have to wrap up here because Mimi has just walked into the space. An interloper has. Yeah. And, the and, and I told her she can come back at five and it's four 58 and she's, she's here. I hope we could do this again soon because I do not I want to do it tomorrow. Yeah, I don't feel like we covered everything that I wanted to talk to you about, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um
1: Thank you for having yeah, me. I'm yeah. This I'm is this is, is a
0: brand new venture. It's going to be called as far as I know, it's called Juice therapy with Ben on Juice therapy on demand with Ben Lerner. I am Ben Lerner. It is not clear who the therapist is and who the Client Ooh. is right. so it could go both ways. We could both be the, th- it, it can go myri- myriad, myri- myriad, myriad, uh, yeah, of, of different ways. And uh, it's a very exciting venture. And uh, I am putting a new song out pretty soon. I don't have the exact day yet, but it is mixed and mastered. The song is called "Easy Way Out." Zach was at the show. You yeah. had some good lines from there. At some point, like Zach had lines at my show <laughs> from the crowd. That, that's that's Yeah, I just can't shut up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, my songs are so depressing. And Zach yells,
1: "Why do they make me feel good then?"
0: <laughs> Which is a good, is a good response. Yeah,
1: I remember that the the new song. What's yeah. it called? It's called easy. Easy way out. Way out. Yeah, yeah. Easy that was way banger. Out. Yeah. yeah, banger, banger. <laughs> Guys, if you have a chance, see this man live and not—I mean, see him live at a at a backyard in the Five Towns playing Jewish songs too. See but see him playing his own music. See me live. See me live. And, and if sure. I if I can with the power invested in me, I humbly request that you put Jordan back in the the lineup. I'm thinking it's of song. just
0: like redoing it, like sure. better better instrumentation. Have a great day. This has been an incredible experience talking to Zach Adler. We're out.